Let's go. Welcome to the Loans on Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We, we, we give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans on Demand podcast. I hope you're ready for the Loans on Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And I'm excited because today we have Jim Stryker. He is a VP market leader at Cardinal Financial. His region did a whole bunch of business last year. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what that was. I'm just going to let you hear directly from Jim himself uh, what makes him so great because he's pretty cool. What's up, man? Awesome, man. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to uh, to get on uh, with here and get back to our industry. So it's awesome. Very cool. Love it, man. Love it, man. So tell me, give us a little bit of intro. Like, who are you? Uh, what what kind of drives you, man? Yeah, man. Well, thank you for uh, thanks for the question. So, I mean, what drives me? I've been in the mortgage industry, you know, about twenty years. Um, maybe probably even a little bit longer. I've also owned some other businesses. I have a passion for home building. Um, so, I really love uh, that blue collar work ethic and just the people that, that grind it out and, and take the risks and, and go get it done. So, I kind of got my start, um, you know, in the in the home building, you know, area um, area of finance, and then worked my way into like, hey, well, everybody needs a loan, and that was you know an opportunity. So, um, I partnered early on in my career with some home builders uh, in the you know um, Seattle market. And uh, it's, my career just kind of grew from there. I loved solving problems, helping people um, you know, with their their biggest you know liability that they have. And then over the course of time, reading lots of books and getting help with, through lots of mentors, um, really moving into the mortgage advisory uh, space. And so, um, you know, I, I didn't come from you know, a ton of money. Um, matter of fact, I'm, I'm a foster kid and grew up, you know, pretty hard. Um, but this industry has blessed me in, in so many ways. Um, and I just love the opportunity to give back to borrowers that I talk to. Um, the impact that we can make, um, you know, on on families is generational. Um, and the impact that it's made on, on my life and my family has been generational. And so I just, I love our industry, love our business, um, love um, the power that, uh, that, that we have uh, available to help people make a difference. Man, I love that. Um, and one of the things you touched on there was, you know, that it wasn't always easy, right? So talk a little bit about that, just kind of in the career world, right? Like it probably wasn't always easy starting out at the very beginning. And I'm a sucker for the for the come up story, right? I, I know that, yeah. you know, I, I had a, a rough, a rough time sort of starting the business and got a bunch of debt and things like that. So I always like to hear yeah. what it takes to get to, to, you know, to the level you're at, right? I know you've had a lot of success in your career, but what has it taken to get to where you're at today? Yeah, I mean, I've had a, I've had a lot of success, but also a lot of bumps and bruises, you know, along along the way, and also a lot of failures, you know, along the way too that I've learned from. And so I say failure, you know, just in the sense where it puts a little bit of a you know a vernacular around it. Um, but man, all the setbacks and everything have just you know kind of built up great comebacks. Um, I'm a fighter. Um, I don't I don't quit, and I like I like the grind. I like the hustle. I actually enjoy uh, work. I'm one of the the guys that loves calling leads. You know, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Um, I just I love it. I love the pursuit of um you know of of the business. You know of of the game. And um you know from a success perspective, I think that it's it's really a mental thing. I really do. I think that um, you know success um, comes from just the hustle and 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 the no quitting. Um, I read a book um, you know a few years ago called Atomic Habits, and I subscribe to this 
Um, you got to get better one, 1% 1 every day. Um, and I, I put right. that into practice. So I developed a, you know, a, a system for me. Um, it's a mobile app that I developed that uh, it's called the daily gift um, that I use to help me in the four core areas of, of my life, which is body being balanced and business. And so I have things that, that uh, I want to accomplish in my life in all of the four core areas uh, and in business, um, same thing. Um, but it's things that I do every day. And so I, I quickly realized, Luke, that I wasn't ever going to win my year if I couldn't win my quarter. And I wasn't going to win my quarter if I didn't win my month. And I wasn't going to win my one, my month if I didn't win my week. And then it just went, it just got back into the day. And so for me, it's just all about the day, right? Like to, today has enough problems for all of us to, to overcome, to hunker down and, and tackle and go kick butt on that. I don't really want to focus or worry too much about tomorrow's problems. They'll be sure. there, right? So those leads that need to be called, those people that need to be served, those realtors, those builders, those things that we, we all have to be doing, which is, you know, mortgage people are some of the busiest people, you know, on, on, on planet earth, I am convinced of, particularly, you know, the high producing <laughs> originators, um, regardless of the team size, there's just a lot to do, right? But it's all about executing, you know, on the, on the day. Right. And, and so I want to wake up and, you know, have, have my plan, have a ton of gratitude, a ton of opportunity for, for another, you know, day to come breathe and come execute. Uh, and then I would put my head on the pillow, um, you know, realizing that I did the best job that I possibly could. And so um, I just want to get 1% better and, you know, doing that um, I kind of married my goals um, to a system. And uh, that app for me is, is, is just a little trick that um, that I developed to help me um, check off everything. I'm a checklist guy. I like to check stuff off um, when I'm not checking stuff off. Like I, here's here's what's weird about me. I check off the same things that I've been checking off for five years. I'm the weirdo that's like 188 consecutive weeks on my Peloton. Right. Like I love streaks. I love checking stuff off. Right. And I'm love checking it. the same stuff off. Right. And so I love the habits, you know, of that. Um, and I'm a big believer in that if I'm going to set a goal, um, I'm going to set a goal that's going to be attached to or married to a system. And um, if I don't have a system for the goal, I won't set the goal. Right. So if I don't know how I'm going to get that goal done and it's not going to show up on my to do list, for the very next day, it's not something that I'm going to be really committed to. And so a system for me is, is just save yourself, stress, time, energy, and money. And so I just marry goals to systems and put it on my daily calendar. Um, and then I, I balance my life between my to-dos and my to-don'ts. My to-don'ts end up being people I hire in the future. And my to-dos are just things I execute. But man, it's not glamorous. I don't have any like, you know, tips or hacks or, you know, whatever for anybody, like I'm just a hardworking guy that uh, gets a lot done every day. Like most of the time you can take super glue and glue a phone to my face because I'm on the phone, you know, seven, eight hours a day. I love it. I enjoy it. I love serving. Um, but I'm, I'm a grinder and I'm kind of proud of it. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, and I, and I know you also have like the balance as well. Right. Cause you know, and I don't think there's necessarily such a thing as balance, right. It's like, you know, it's, it's spending things, uh, spending time on the things that, that you love to do. And so I know you, you separate that you have, you know, a lot of commitments you do with your family as well. But I, I think yeah. what, what I, what I love about what you're talking about 1% better every day, something I have up on my board is every day and in every way I get better and better. And I just kind of put that up there to just remind myself on a daily basis. Like, all right, well, you know what, we're getting a little bit better every day. Sometimes Beautiful. you get stuck in this thought process of, yeah, I'm not where I want to be, you know, oh, poor me. I'm not here. This person's over here. And like the comparison game is another great quote is, uh, was a comparison is the thief of joy, uh, or the yeah. enemy of happiness, something like that. Uh, so yeah. it's just, uh, it's interesting how, you know, these little things, these habits and, and, and it's funny that you talk about habits, uh, 
I, I, I know when I am I'm doing the habits, the daily habits, the, the waking up early, the going to the gym, the doing my gratitude, things like that. I feel so much better when I'm not doing those things. I don't. And so I don't know why as humans, we decide that we, you know, we don't need that anymore, right? At some point we just decide, all right, well, I don't need to do that anymore, even though we know that's working. So, so tell us a little bit about that, man. I, I love that, that idea of just being consistent. I know you did 75 hard recently. Uh, yeah. and just committed to doing that the whole way through. And I've tried that before I got 14 or 15 days in and I was like, all right, I'm out, you know, uh, yeah. which is great. You know, I think I still, I still developed some cool, um, some cool, uh, habits from it. Right. I started walking every day, things like that, but two times a day yeah. and like the pictures and all that, it just got too much for me. So tell us about that, man. How do you, how do you stay committed to doing the boring things every single day? Yeah, dude. And it is tough. I mean, it was very tough for me and I had to fight, you know, the, the demon, you know, every time, you know, I mean, late at night, taking the walks and doing all that stuff. I mean, for me, it was just, um, you know, one of my, one of my mentors, um, who I love dearly, um, Ed Milet, um, part of a coaching group called the Arte Syndicate. And, um, you know, Ed talks a lot about, um, consistency and just really a commitment, right. And, and being the man in the mirror, right. Fall in love with, with what you see in the mirror and what's looking back at you. And when he shared with me that self-confidence, self-love, um, actually is, is something created internally. Like I can't get self-confidence from anyone else. I can't get, um, you can't get that in a book. You can't get that in a hack. That's something that's done, you know, on purpose intentionally by us, by me keeping the commitments that I make to myself, like period. And just put an exclamation point there. Because if I, if I do the things that I say to myself that I'm going to do, then there's a level of congruency that's like, you don't need outside justification. You don't need anyone else's approval because you're proving to yourself that you made a commitment to yourself and you're doing it. And so 75 hard, you know, and I've done harder things than that, but that was hard. Um, but th that's really what it was all about. And so it's just keeping the commitments that, that I make to myself. And so, you know, and, and doing it over a long period of time. And it just keeps, keeps um, that level of consistency, which also forms those habits because there are so many dang days that I don't want to do my routines. I mean, so many days sure. that I don't want to do them. And because it's now a habit, um, it's just, I can power through the things that I don't want to do. And that's like things that even like writing two handwritten thank you cards a day. I mean, I've done that forever. Writing my family love notes every day. Um, you know, of course, getting up early in the workouts. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And it gets to the point where I'm actually checking things off where I've been checking them off, you know, for five years, six years, like forever. Um, and they're just habits. They're not even things that I think about anymore. Um, but it creates uh, also room for expansion. Right. So the more things that I do, you know, um, in a day that are little wins, little wins, my self-love goes up, my approval of myself goes up, my self-confidence goes up. Um, and I think that's good. I, I think um, there's there's a, a scarcity of self-love and self-confidence um, in society today and, and with a lot of people where we have instant gratification. We have to see everyone's perfect life on social media. Right. Like right. we can't right. see anyone have any mistakes or be hurt or be broken or be human like it's just perfect. Um, and yet like we're all looking for validation from everyone else on the outside. Right. Instead of just looking internally and saying, who am I? Right. Like, who am I to me and, and who am I creating and what do I want to be, you know, with my life? Um, and there's no shortcut for that. It's, it's a long road. It's, it's years and years and years of doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again and getting better and better and better and better. It's not a 90 day program. It's not a 75 day program. You know, I'm convinced that if you haven't been doing it two years consistently, like you're not even, you don't even have your shoes on, right? Like it has to be a long-term, you know, kind of thing that is ingrained in you. And I think that self-talk is also it takes that long for us to go, okay, well, I'm finally somebody now who exercises every day 
because I've been doing it five days a week now for four years, right? I'll find, I'm finally somebody who gets up at five in the morning because now at five 15, like my I'm, I'm awake, right? If I'm in bed and the bed one that morning, right. But like, it's just staying, staying consistent, you know, on a, on a daily basis. Man, I love that. I think there's uh, a lot to be said for that because I think so many times people want to try something for 10 days, 20 days, 15 days, whatever it is. And, and they think, oh, this doesn't work. Um, and a lot of times it just comes down to consistency, patience. And, and, and I think that's one thing that's hard for people like us, right? For salespeople, for entrepreneur-minded yeah. people is to be patient, right? And, and, and there's this conversation around leading versus lagging indicators. And I think so many times people uh, focus on the lagging indicators, right? And lagging obviously being things like sales, things like that. But if you take the leading indicators, which are, okay, what are the actions that you can control? We talked a little bit about this I don't know if it was prior to this, but you know, we talked about doing those things that you can control, right? And so that is yeah, how many calls totally. are you making on a daily basis? How many people are you talking to? What are the commitments that you're making to yourself? It's going to lead to those lagging indicators, which are sales, more commission, more revenue, those types of things. Um, but so many times we focus on the wrong metric, uh, which is you know the end result. Um, and, yep. and the end result is something that we can't really truly control, right? Like, yeah, you can start to look at the numbers and say, hey, for every 100 people I talk to, I'm going to close X amount of deals. But if you don't do those 100 conversations, like, you know, you could talk to 100 people and not close anybody and then talk to the next 100 people and close 10 people, right? And so it's like, okay, yeah. well, like, that's just math. That's just how that works. But if you're not consistent with it and, and focusing on the actions that you can control, and it's funny that I yeah. talk about this because... Uh, when I was when I worked as an AE as an account executive, I remember when um, our company was going through some turmoil, and um, <laughs> my boss used to tell me, "Focus on what you can control." And it used to piss me off. It used to piss me off so bad because I'm like, "No, the company's doing this, and this is happening. How am I going to get business?" Da, 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 da. And now looking back, I'm like, "All right, this is probably some of the best you know advice I could have ever gotten." But at the time, I didn't want to hear it, right? And I think so many times people don't want to hear that it's that it's really everything that they can control is in like they can control everything, right? Everything in their own in their own path. So you can't control things that are external. And there's like, what's that book? They talk about the three levels of control. Oh, he talks about like the things you can control, the things that you can kind of influence and things you can't control. Right. And yep. so like focusing yep. your the majority of your energy on things you can control. And then, you yep. know, if you have a little bit of extra time, focus it on things you can influence the people around you, things like that. But really yep. the majority of your time needs to be spent on things you can control. Cause what else? I mean, otherwise we deal yeah. with like what we talked about before anxiety and stress and all these things about things that are here to come. So uh, let's, yeah. let's do a little, little pivot into sort of, you know, the market that we're in, um, you know, obviously I'm sure loan officers that are you know listening to this call are probably wondering, you know, what to do in a market like we're in today um, with rates going up, with home prices going up, affordability issues. Talk, a, talk a little bit about that, man. Like, what are you doing to kind of stay ahead of that? Or what's sort of your, uh, process or, or, or solution that to people that are having maybe some uh, payment shock or rate shock or something like that, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that, that, um, yeah, I mean, rate, rates went up, you know, 250, 300 basis points for some. Okay, great. Um, but doesn't really change, you know, a whole lot. Right. So it's still, we're still, you know, we're still in a trillion dollar industry. Um, which means there's more than enough business for all of us, you know, to go around. Right. So, I mean, how much business, you know, do you really want to do? I mean, for, for those that are kind of worried or thinking that way, like, you know, in their sub markets, like what, 20,000 units are still closing. And so what do they need? 20, 15 units. Right. So like, I think you, you, we can, we can have the tendency to be really scared about things that we that really, we shouldn't really be scared about, or that we should really worry about there's business everywhere. Right. And so again, it kind of does go back to focus on what you can, what you can focus on and control what you can control. 
you know, you said something about, you know, the guy making a hundred phone calls. Um, I think it's kind of an impossible thing that if you took two weeks and made a hundred phone calls for two weeks, um, how would you not have business? Right. right. It's like, you know, um, anybody can do 365 push-ups in one calendar year. If you start today, just doing one and then you add another one tomorrow. Right. And so start on your knees. Right. But if you, I mean, if you can do a hundred push-ups consecutively, can you not, you have to be strong to do that. Right. And if you can't do it, you're not strong. And so you haven't exercised that muscle to go get it done. And it's kind of the same thing with business. I mean, wake up every day. And if your job is to bring one loan in every day and you're going to work 22 days a month, right. Then you have one loan a day that you have to do. And if you get to go hunt and find one new loan every day and your average loan amounts, you know, North of 350,000 and you do, you know, what is that? 21 a month, 240 a year. That's a hundred million in production. That's 80, that's, that's uh, that's 8.3 million a month. So, I mean, that's how you do it. You just wake up and you kind to get after it. But man, there's so much opportunity. And so every realtor, you know, needs to hear from you, right? Every past client needs to hear from you twice with regards to what's going on in the marketplace. Um, you really need to get consistent on doing your semi-annual reviews and your annual reviews. And for every loan that you closed the past two years at 2%, 3%, whatever your rates were, um, those are all opportunities for you to reach back out to your customers and uh, and take care of them, right? Make sure they're on HomeBot, make sure they know their value, make sure that you're taking um, every opportunity you can to free up cash flow and increase tax acceptability. Um, there's so many opportunities right now where we've had such a run up in, in appreciation um, where arms are gonna be coming, you know, more, more uh, prevalent and more valuable, but like everybody needs more cash flow as well. Right. Most of us can't save our way to, to, to kind of wealth building. And, and um, you know, I think we were talking before the, the call here just on yeah. Dave Ramsey and some, some other things. Right. Like it's, it's not impossible, but it's nearly impossible for any of us to save our way to 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 a retirement or what I call uh, an employment becomes optional. So go serve people, find a way to, to do annual reviews and do annual reviews um, until your heart you know, falls out you know, every single day. If you, you, know, you make those those calls and you stay consistent and you never sell anything, you're just serving. Find a way to help somebody, you know, free up some cash flow, increase some tax deductibility, and most importantly, find a way for people to take out enough, you know, equity, um, put twenty five percent down, go buy an investment property, and help them. Most of the time, there's two loans in one, um, and you're doing a ton of good, you know, to help people. You know, everyone should have if you're if you're a real estate owner um, and you own a home and it's been good to you, which I'm sure that it has, right? Especially if you owned a home the past two or three years, right. you probably have right. something something in your home called equity that uh, is not earning you any money right now and is just sitting there. Um, it's not liquid. It's not safe. Um, and you probably could take some of that equity out, even if it's in a HELOC, who cares, right? HELOC rates are going to be going up. But if you have a 2% rate and you're nervous about that, I mean, make be a good loan officer, make the good decision, do a mortgage coach, make sure that you, you, you're making those decisions, but everyone should have a rental property right? So go help people buy rental properties. There's nothing wrong with that. This is a great time to, to rents are going up. It's a great time to do that. But like, I'm just convinced that, and there's always an opportunity to do it. Um, also home building is a huge opportunity right now. Financial planners, they're beat up. Like you wouldn't believe you want to think mortgage people are beat up. Financial planners are beat up right now. Call them serve them, tell them, Hey, this is what I do. This is who I help. This is what I, what I want to do. I'm going to help you retain your book of business. Let me partner with you and let's do a wealth workshop. Let's bring everyone together and let's educate them on inflation and taxation and savings and mortgages and everything. I guarantee you that like, we're both going to do business from, from doing, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And it takes literally nothing. And if you don't want to rent a hotel room due to expense, go do it on zoom. Buy people to a virtual, you know, wealth workshop as a gift, right? Um, there's all kinds of cool stuff that, uh, that to do, but I mean, 
there's, there's so much opportunity out there and it, it just got to put your mind to it, put a goal, you know, in front of you and then put it on your to-do list and go execute um, and get it done. You, you mentioned something that I didn't get a chance to cover on. I probably just got sidetracked, but you said something about balance, <laughs> right? And right. Um, it's easy right now for, for people to kind of get, move into scarcity mode and, and move into, Hey, I've been making a lot of money the past couple of years. And now I got to hunker down and kind of get after it. And that's true. You're in that season, that season right now where you got to work a little harder. Okay. So what? Just realize it, suck it up. You're going to have to work a little bit harder. Um, you make a lot of money for doing it. Right. So the cool thing about that, that is, is you have to definitely schedule um, everything in your calendar, including your time off, because if you don't, it won't happen. Right. And so I do it so that you can earn it. So body being balanced in business, I schedule all my body stuff, all my workouts, all my meals, all my things, all my balance, all my date nights, all my you know prayer time. Um, and then also my time that I'm, I've earned through working really hard in the week that's dedicated to myself. Right. And also to my family and everything. Um, I see and talk to so many loan officers that are 70, 80 you know, hours a week right now, just in hustle yep. mode and grind mode, whatever. Um, and the first thing that goes is, is their health. Um, then the second thing is their relationship, stress, anxiety, and all that. Um, and then the next thing is, is they're 80 hours a week and really have nothing to really show for it, right? They're not on point. They're not focused. They're not, not, not kind of dialed in. Um, but I would say that schedule it, you know, run your daily, your daily calendar, like uh, it means something to you, right? Because there's people that, that live in these camps, Luke, where they think they can manage time. You can't manage yep. time. Here's right. what you can do though. You can own it, right? So when you think of a, a business owner, versus a business manager, like you already know in your mind, when you're an owner, the buck stops at the owner, right? right. The manager works for the owner, right? So why would right, anyone right. ever write a book about time management? Or why would anybody ever again say, I want to manage my time? No, you don't want to manage your time. You want to own it. Like it's like, you don't have, you know, like you have a precious amount of it, right? So own your time, schedule when you wake up, schedule when you go to bed, and then schedule everything else in your life that you want to get done. Schedule date nights, schedule time with yourself, schedule time with your workouts. I mean, schedule it and, and get a coach if you need to get a coach. I mean, I have so many coaches and we'll have coaches probably for the rest of my life. Um, right. I'm super blessed you know, to have them, but get them, right? You know, use, use that as your shortcut to go get advice from people that have come before you that are playing, you know, at a, at a high level um, and then implement most importantly, implement what it is that they teach you. Yeah. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's the, the most important piece, right? Implement what they teach you <laughs> because yeah. I think so many times, I mean, I think I posted the other day, but like one of my favorite quotes is uh, by Derek Sivers. And he says, uh, if, if more information was the, the answer, we'd all be billionaires with, with six pack abs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so at the end of the day, I mean, we talked about grinding, we talked about work, but like, you know, there, there is that time to schedule. And it's one of the things that I've learned too, is, is I live out on my calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. Um, totally. you know, and, and so, I, and I'm just a little bit of a squirrel too. Right. And I would, I would, I would presume, you know, most people that are sales type of people are going to have a similar sort of personality. They're, they're not necessarily super detail oriented. And so by, you know, looking after the details, you do get to get a a lot more done in a shorter period of time and be more efficient. Um, and, yeah. And you know, there's some and, cool and things that, yeah. And there's some, there's some cool things that, that people can do, particularly loan officers, right? Because they can create theme days, right. To keep things organized. So, you know, like Mondays could be, I'm going to reach out to, you know, all my current clients, right. And all my clients that are currently in process and talk to them and touch them and love them and make sure that they know what's going on since it's been the weekend and they're probably thinking about what's going on. Then the second day could be like, Hey, I'm just going to call every realtor that I'm working with right now. And just touch base, say hi. It's not, you know, it's not what you think, but you do have to reach out to them and touch base with them and whatever. Third day, um, make it financial advisors, 
call your financial advisors. Um, and, and, and if you don't have a big list of either realtors or builders or financial advisors, like we could do another call on how to build five, 600 lists, you know, in two minutes. Right. And you know how to do that. I know how to do that. And with an endless supply of people that we can call endless supply of people that you can call for the rest of your career. Right. If you want a hundred million people to call in all these industries and you want to do that for the rest of your life, Luke and I can help you, you know, do that. But then right. maybe on, maybe on Thursday, do, do the same thing. Maybe that's home builder day. Right. So you can break it up. And so that you can great create a level of consistency um, that feels, you know, really genuine and really honest and it's structured and it's going. Um, you don't have to call the same realtors. You know, you don't have to call the same builders. Um, I recommend that the ones that you care about and that you're serving and working with, um, you do that, but add some more right? Like add, add more all the time. You're always growing and serving, you know, these, these industries. And so just because you have 20 realtors doesn't mean that you don't need 50, just because you have 10 financial advisors doesn't mean that you need 30. Um, and you can expand into CPAs, right? This is a great time of year to, to go do that. Show them, you know, what it is that you do, you know, mortgage, mortgage planning wise. Um, it's just, there's, there's, there's so much opportunity out there. Just got to get people focused on saying, okay, you wake up at five, you go to bed at 10 or whatever that is for you. You're going to hit the office here after you you get your routine done and then we're just going to execute. And then let's just make sure that we do it. Right. So um, if it's a hundred calls you need to make, make a hundred calls, you know, whatever, whatever that is, get after it and get it done. Cause if you don't, then that self-confidence starts to, you know, creep in and fear and anxiety. And I, I always know that the most scared, the most fearful and the most um, anxiety in a person, um, those are the people that aren't doing enough work. Yeah. They're just simply not working hard enough. Right. So, you, and I always say, listen, if you're dealing with all of that, let's just get you busy <laughs> and, you know, and then we'll solve all of that because now you're going to have uh, a different story that's going to be created through action. That's going to solve all of that fear, all that anxiety and all that not doing. Right. And so yeah. when you're not doing enough, you probably do not have enough business. Yeah. And I, I think another thing that you, that you sort of mentioned that uh, I think is super important too, is, is going beyond just being the typical, Hey, you know, here's the lowest rate. And I think so many times people get caught up, like almost virtue signaling uh, that, that, Oh, I saved this person, all this money, da, 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 da. But like, the truth is like, was that really what was truly best for this consumer at this time? Right. Like maybe, maybe they should have done a seven one R. Maybe they should have done a HELOC. Maybe they should have done something else because yeah. like you're not taking a look at their holistic picture. Like, what is it going to look like for them to build wealth? And I think so many times people get so stuck in this idea that they have to like the lowest trade is what's best for the consumer. And that's not always true. Um, yeah. I think there is, there's, there's way more. I mean, and one of the things that I loved. Uh, every time I go to these, you know, these mortgage conference and Barry Habib is there, it always blows my mind because of the way he just, you know, he just talks around these sort of more intricate um, ideas. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it just like, it blows my mind. I, you know, as, as someone that's not like an, an active originator or anything like that, like I don't, yeah. I don't hear that very often because most of the time people are just, again, shouting from the rooftop, they got the lowest rate and, oh, I saved this person this much money. But I mean, you're, you, people start to talk about their 30 year loans, like who actually stays in their home for 30 years? Who doesn't do a refinance? Right. Who doesn't like, so you didn't really save them that type of money. Like the truth is maybe they would have been better in a, in a three, one or a five, one or a seven, one, if you would have actually asked them what they're trying to do in three years, five years, yeah. seven years, yeah. you know, like those, those could be, especially now as we're coming into this, you know, higher rate market, some of those arm programs are probably going to be what's better off for most people. You know, if they're thinking they're going to move in the next five years. Um, I don't know. Totally. You're, you're the expert yeah. there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put, put that kind of stuff. I don't know. I mean, the expert, but yeah, no, Barry, Barry would probably be the expert. I mean, he's, he's a genius and, and an incredible human being and love what he does, you know, for everybody. But yeah, I mean, the lowest rate in the wrong program is still the wrong, 
wrong, you know, the wrong plan for somebody. Right. And so, you know, I think really um, price shows up in the absence of value. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, there's a reason why, you know, people buy Rolls Royce cars, right. That you never see them advertised. You, you, you have to get on a list and be, you know, to even be eligible to even buy one. I mean, I don't, right. whatever. Right. But like, my point is, is price um, shows up in the absence of value and people will pound on, you know, loan officers rates and rates and rates until the value has been demonstrated. Right. Like from a consumer's perspective, I believe that they just don't know what else to ask. And so they just right. think that, Hey, if I get a low rate, it's going to be the best deal. Like we all know the lowest rates, always the most expensive. That's a fact, right? So if you go to any rate sheet and you want to look at the rate sheet, um, it has points attached to it. So the lowest rate is always the most expensive. So I don't even, you know, I always tell people like, I, I don't know if the lowest rate that's the most expensive is really going to be what's best for you, but I will, you know, work really hard to put together a comprehensive strategy that's going to help you make the best decision that you can short and long-term for your overall financial goals and really make sure that that strategy, which is way more important than interest rate is really going to serve you. And I'm pretty convinced that if I can't make, you know, a 250 to $500,000 to a million dollar difference in, of the, of, over the course of your, you know, earning life, um, then I'm probably not going to be the right fit for you anyway, but like really, really premature. And, and that's always a cue for me. When somebody asks me, what's my rate? Uh, I always say, listen, that's a great question, but the lowest rate is always the most expensive. And so um, let, let's dig into a little bit more about what I mean, what I mean by that. And then let me show you a little bit more. It's just an opportunity for me to educate and serve. Right. I mean, we take it for granted, you know, we, we, we do whatever, 20, 30 loans a month, right. These, you know, most of our clients do seven or eight loans in their life, right? If, if they're, you know, our clients, they're going to be buying a lot of rental properties. And so that's probably going to be, you know, double that. But like the reality is they, they're not very seasoned. They don't know our business. They don't know all of the acronyms and all the ter terminology and vernacular that, that we have. And so it's just an opportunity to really serve. But in anything that we buy or any service that we have, price is always an issue, absence of value. Right. Yep. Uh, it's just yep. like if if that's a key like indicator as as an entrepreneur that if someone is asking me about my price, I have not demonstrated enough value um, to them, and I need to level up the value before I'm ever prepared to even tell them the price. I want the price to be something that is so insignificant, and the value is so high that they're begging to do business with me. Right. Right. Well, and, and price without context is really irrelevant, right? I mean, because the end of the day, like. You know, we, we all know that Rocket Mortgage is still probably offering 3.99% rate. But like when you look at the rate sheet, it's, you know, 3.25 points on the back end, which is, I don't know what that costs the borrower. But, you know, unless yeah, you're it's probably a 20, 27 years, year break even. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> unless you're living there full, full 30 years, it doesn't, right. not going to matter. Right. And we, we all right. know that like the average, the average homeowner, I think, moves every five to seven years. And so, like, yeah. really, that's what we really need to be looking at is what is their next five to seven year goal? I mean, yeah. you know, because that's just the, the general lifespan of someone in a loan. Um, yep. So to, to so to talk about thirty year loans, like as if someone actually ever stays in a thirty year loan, is kind of uh, irrelevant to to the really grand picture of everything. Um, and and so yeah, yeah. it's it's an interesting conversation to have because I think again, um, so many times people get caught up in the in having the wrong conversations for the wrong reasons. Um, and I think it's the same thing that you can you can come across with real estate agents, right? And we've had a we had another guy on here a while back, and he talked about how having a conversation with a real estate agent. And so this person reaches out to him, he gets there and he pitches the person like right out the gate, doesn't really ask questions. Oh, we can close in 21 days, da -da -ba -da -ba, like do all this kind of stuff. And the lady's like, 
that sounds kind of stressful. I don't want to have to close. I don't want to close in 21 days. I just want to know that I'm going to close on time. And then the, and the real estate agent never did business with that person. And so I just, again, that's just a, a great conversation to, to understand that like, again, as a salesperson, as, as someone who really wants to do what's best for the consumer, it's not so much, you know, can you get the lowest rate? It's like, okay, what is this person's goals? But you have to ask right. questions, right? And I think too many times too, people try to educate people and what they do, like we talked about, you know, all these acronyms, LTV, DTI, all this kind of stuff is like, all you're doing is confusing them and an overwhelmed, yeah. an overwhelmed mind, a confused mind never buys, right? Yeah. So by educating your, your consumer, educating your borrower, you're, you're probably actually losing that sale. And if you truly believe that you have what's best, you know, you, you have the, the, the prospect's best interest in heart, you should do whatever you can to convince them to work with you. Uh, because if you truly believe that you are the best, then, Hey, you know what? Like it's, it's your ethical obligation to, to go after that. Right. So absolutely. Anyway. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's funny you say that because like, you know, people ask me all the time, well, what's your script and you know, what do you say and all this stuff? I'm like, man, it's, it's awesome. Just grab a pen. And my script is this, how can I help you? And if I can help you, I'm going to. And if I can't, I'll be the one to tell you, right? But like, mm-hmm. I'm not here to sell anything to anybody. Like, I only want to serve you. I only want to help you make a great decision. And I want that decision to be so awesome that you're in love with, with what we're doing, right? And if, and if you're not, and it's not good, I'm the one who's going to tell you, like, hey, you're in great shape. You probably should just hang tight. Right. And, you know, the only thing that you could do is, you know, this or whatever, but like, that's a decision you can go home, think about whatever. And if it's something you want to do, then, you know, let's, let's dig into it. But I think it's all about education and, and you're right. Asking questions and, and really serving people. Um, I think it does that, you know, just playing the rate rate game is, is a recipe for disaster. I think we're kind of at this, this space in, in, in time in the mortgage industry is a, really a pivotal point where you're going to have loan officers in, in one of two camps. One is going to be, chase rates and margins all the way to the bottom. Right. Right. Um, and their comp is going to go down commensurate with that because that's the amount of value that they're, they're bringing to the table. And then you're going to have these other loan officers going to say, no, a mortgage is absolutely a phenomenal tool to help you understand leverage and safety and liquidity and building wealth and everything else. Um, because again, where else can you take a $50,000 investment, but buy a $200,000 asset, right? right. Like think about that for a second, real estate and mortgage is the only place you can do that. It's the only place aside from all the speculative, you know, the Bitcoins and you know all that stuff like, okay, fine. That's, there's some cool stuff there too, but I'm just talking about like a hard asset, right? right. Like where else do you have that kind of leverage? And because, you know, those, those assets appreciate, there's just a phenomenal opportunity to have a, a, a more in-depth, you know, conversation, slow down, make a good decision, help people, serve people, care for people. And you'll never, you know, want or need, you know, any, any more business ever again. And then when you do call people every six months for their, you know, semi-annual review or their annual review, um, they can't help, but to not, you know, enjoy the conversation, know that you're looking after their best interest and refer you um, to their friends and family. Man, I love that. Uh, and, and as we're kind of wrapping up here, I want to uh, you know, leave the people that are listening here with, I like to leave at least one sort of tactics. What's one thing that, you know, loan officers can go out there today and go, go get more business? How can they grow their business, man? I'd say pick up the phone right now and call home builders. No one's calling them. No, no one's calling the home builder. And here, here's why I love the home builder so much. Because for a decade, the home builder has not had access to capital to go build, right? And so they've been getting hard money. Um, and that's fine, you know, whatever. Everyone's got to make money. Um, but they've been at a, a real big disadvantage. They'd have supply chain issues. They have labor issues. Um, they've got issues. But uh, as, a, as America, we need somewhere between 4.1 and, and 6 million units right now just to keep up with, with demand. We all know there's a supply issue, right? Right. So the publicly traded builders can only build about 300,000 homes right now. 
So of the 1.1 million homes that are going to be built this year, the public's, you know, the people that have access to all the capital can only realistically put about 300,000 units out there, which means there's a gap of about 800,000 units, 800,000 units right now that need to get done. Right. So there's just a tremendous opportunity to go after the home builder and say, listen, you know, I need you to keep building. I want you to keep building. I want to partner with you and your sales team. And I want to talk about, you know, long-term blocks. And I want to talk about, you know, having people come in. Um, all my home builder clients right now, I just finished up doing a review of every single um, person that, the, that is under contract, that is not locked in. I work with a lot of jumbo home builders. And so there's there's not a lot of long-term locks for them. Um, and then sure. with the market volatility. And so I reached out to every single one of them and said, hey, we, we need to go. Um, I'm going to go through all of the people that are pre-called and we're going to make sure that they're all good. Right. And, there, and there's no issue. Um, they sleep better at night. They have more confidence to go build more. And if they go build more, I'm going to do more. So I, I think that's a huge opportunity to, to go serve uh, a tremendous, um, tremendously important segment of the market um, that nobody's you know focusing on. Most people are focusing on the builders. I mean, excuse me, they're focusing on the realtors and they're focusing right. on, um, you know, probably in probably just even doing a lot more cash out and cash out's great because there are people that do need to buy, you know, investment properties, pay off credit cards and car loans and you utilize the opportunity in, in, in equity growth. But if you want one big takeaway, um, I would say right now, um, your home builder market is underserved, undermarketed, um, very quiet, and you can have a phenomenal niche right now to go after. Um, every home builder that I'm working with or that I call, um, they're loyal, they're great, they're hardworking, um, and they want access to what's inside your brain from a financing perspective because they're building homes. Like they're putting sticks and bricks together, right? They're not in finance. And so sure. it's just a tremendous opportunity to go help the home builder and help our country because um, we need we need housing right now. And so I think we all need to band together and help the, help the home builder do a lot I more love business. I love that. And, and uh, just, just to kind of clarify, because, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of loan officers here listening that are like home builders. These guys are always, you know, with these crazy incentives and things like that. I, I assume you're talking about sort of the smaller uh, mom and pop type of uh, home yep. builders, right? Versus yep. the versus the big guys that are, you know, they have their in-house lender. They're going to, you know, they're going to do the $10,000 credits, all yep. that kind of stuff. And totally. Yep. rip them off with big rates and stuff like that. So just- Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Stay, stay away from the publics, right? Unless you want to go work for one and you want those leads, you know, you'll, right. you'll work for you know a lot less money, but like there's value, you know, there too. But that's why I said like the publics that we can stay away from that own their own mortgage companies and are vertically integrated, sure. they're, they're going to build about 300,000 units. The bigger segment of the market is is um, builders that are building between twenty five and two hundred and fifty homes a year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great great annuity, you know, type type business. But they're the lion's share of the market anyway. So otherwise, everyone would have to go work for a public, and not everyone's going to do that, right? So right, right, what's right. what's great about that is is the market that you're going after are people that are underserved. They don't have a mortgage company. They can't afford right. a mortgage company. They can barely scrounge up enough money to go buy lots and go do everything, right? And so right. Um, they need they need us. They need every you know ounce of education, opportunity, and and market protection that we can we can put in their business. And um, they're great you know human beings uh, as well. And in virtually every market in the country, um, there are home builders right now that are underserved and that loan officers are not paying any attention to. Um, and most of those home builders have sales teams, you know, realtors that set sites and do all that stuff um, that don't hear from loan officers either. So it's just a great opportunity to, uh, to go serve the home builder. 
I love it. And I think that is a little different than everybody else. Because again, I mean, my first thought was like home builders, like those guys have their in-house lenders. But that means you just mentioned that's uh, that's a small segment of the population. So definitely, um, you know, <laughs> go after the people that are a little bit more underserved and think a little outside the box, I think is, is a good thing to do. And, and I mean, you got to pivot a little bit in this market, right? You're not going to be getting yep. you know leads fall, falling from the sky from your realtors like you have in years past. So um, real quick, yep. uh, as we're wrapping up, what, uh, I mean, if someone wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about you, find some more about you. Is there anywhere they can find some information about you online? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think I'm on all the socials, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook and all stuff. Excuse me. Jimstriker.com is, is a good website, but I'm, I'm pretty available, you know, as well. So I mean, e- email, you know, is good too. Jim.striker at cardinalfinancial.com. Uh, Jim at jimstriker.com. I mean, yeah, you can find me. And if there's any loan officers that I'm out there that I can help, um, I'd love, love to help them. I'm also um, a, a tribe coach. So I do some coaching uh, there as well um, for those nice. loan officers that are looking for some coaching that's, you know, different than, you know, a lot of the other, you know, call your realtors on Monday type coaching, which is great for, you know, lots of different people. Um, they're all coaching is good coaching, I, I believe, right? It just depends on kind of sure. where you're at. But uh, Tribe is unique. Tribe is different. Um, and I think it has a tremendous opportunity to serve a lot of people. So awesome, man. Thank you, Jim, so much for being here, man. And, and for everybody who's and listening. Thank you. And yeah, no, for sure. And for everybody who's listening, just I, I think the big thing for me is having consistency. And I think so many times, I mean, people are looking for that, that secret sauce. And at the end of the day, the secret sauce is doing the work, right? Putting in the grind, you know, you don't have to grind 20 hours a day in order to, to see success, but you do need to put in the work day in and day out consistently to see the success you're looking for. So I think that to me was the biggest takeaway from today. Um, so thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. The Loans on Demand Podcast.